Hello and welcome to the Lock In Podcast, the show that lifts the lid on life in the pub trade by those working in it. I'm the Morning Advertiser's Ed Beddington and with me as ever are my two lovely co-hosts Heath Ball and Nicky Thatcher. Heath Ball is an award-winning pub operator, although to be fair, he hasn't won anything in a while, so uh, I don't, I'm I have don't, to drop that moving yeah, forward. Well, hold I mean, on. Like, uh, I, like, it's like winning a lifetime happened? achievement at the Oscars. What, what you've got, you don't, you know, they're not going to give you any more Oscars after you won Lifetime. I won Great British Pub of the Year in 2018. I mean, you're still like, riding what, what, on that. Hold on, what, am I supposed to keep on going at it? What do you mean? Once I've got a lifetime achievement... You used to be good. Five years ago. Mate. Five. Are you entering? What? Nah. Yeah. What do you mean, no? Why? You what? I've done it. Oh, it's like a marathon. God. Once you've done a marathon, once you're a middle-aged man, you've done a marathon, your life is Got complete. Back. And I'm not going back. Yeah, I'm mm. not going to bad back. Oh, God. Um, yeah, no, I don't think... I don't, nah. All right, uh, we'll come back to nah. that. Tell me. Uh, like, it's... No. Nikki is the podcast intern and news editor on the MA. She's learning the ropes, but it's taking time. I like to consider her a bit like a lighthouse in the desert. Bright, but not much use. I don't have to do it if you don't want me to. Not a that's problem. Your, that's your threat every time. Yeah, well. God, you're so grumpy. One day I will follow through on that threat. And grumpy coming from you. Uh, I work in hospitality. I have the right to be grumpy. Coming that, my, from that, you. That is my, my MO. That's my operating. It's becoming especially MO grumpy lately, isn't yeah. it? It's, uh, uh, so this episode, we are focusing on the black stuff Irish champagne, Gold. the ebony nectar that is Guinness, mainly because uh, Heath is a massive fan of it and he's been badgering us to do this for like, quite All I time. said, guys, it's the biggest selling beer in the UK. Yeah. We wouldn't be do- Tell me, we- uh, trust me now, mm-hmm. we wouldn't be doing a podcast on Carling. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, but every, every time we record, you've been going... When we're doing the Guinness one. So it's not like you just, you know, one day just mentioned it casually. It's And you think relentless. you'd be happy about it, wouldn't you? But these mm. I even went and tried Brewdog's Guinness one day because of this. Brewdog's Guinness? No, whatever they call it. <laughs> they're, they're, they're a rip-off version of it. Now, what, did, what, what did you think? Oh, terrible. Well, we'll see later. We're going to be trying some uh, different, uh, different uh, stouts and oh, see whether how, how much chestnut. a big fan Heath is on that. It is an absolute institution of a drink. Um, it's a brand most brewers would kill for, so um, we shall be diving into that. Fortunately for, for our six listeners, uh, we're not just going to let Heath waffle on about his favourite Guinness experiences. We've got some real experts <laughs> you on. You made that sound so shady. Indeed. <laughs> uh, we'll be hearing from two top bods at Guinness HQ, Steve Gilson and the head of Guinness quality and Anna McDonald. Do you think he just goes around drinking pints of Guinness all around the world? I bet. I mean, yeah. what a job. What a job, isn't it? What a job. I mean, just, well, if you like Guinness, if you don't like Guinness, it's probably not. Yeah, but you wouldn't go and get a job if it, he was a brewer before, wasn't he? So Indeed, yes. You wouldn't be going around. Yeah, yeah I'm all right. I'm a vegan and I don't like beer. Yeah, there mm. you go. Uh, we'll also be hearing and speaking with a beer guru, Pete Brown, and Guinness lover and top pub operator, Osh Rogers, as well as top social media influencer and Guinness superfan, Dara Curran, the Guinness guru. So we've got a great episode lined up. But before all that, let's just have a chat about uh, what's been going on in the news lately. Uh, Heath, how's your week been? Yeah, well, no, not really. <laughs> <You> <laughs> I was just, I was just about minute, to go, uh, hang on. Minute, like, optimism. Oh, positive. Well, I've yes. had a really bad week. You haven't really bad gone. Not just because your wife left you with the kids. Yeah, that's horrible, man. Like, what is that about? I know people call it parenting. I call it like Guantanamo Bay. <laughs> the little ones, the work of the devil. Um, yeah, but I hurt my, my back, so I've got a bad back, and it was playing up. And 
I spent 10 hours in A&E just to be told to go home and have some morphine. And then I, look, my wife went off to Seville on a jolly and then left me with the kids all weekend. I think it wasn't even a weekend. It was Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and she's still not back. Look, we're not mm-hmm. a support group here. You yeah. know, this isn't about it's sort of talking you through your like, inability to parent and they just, have like, a relationship with why your do wife. They, a, why do they eat so much? <laughs> <laughs> when I was a kid, you're lucky to get two meals. These guys just want to eat all day, all day. And then... They just, it's just, it's painful. And they just want to, they think this is, they think negotiating with me is like a, like a hostage thing. What they can get out of me, you know what I mean? Like, it's, oh man, seriously. It's, it's like, wow. I have a, you know, a newfound respect for my wife at looking after the kids because I won't be ever doing that again. <laughs> <laughs> if she ever does listen to the podcast, that's probably the nicest thing you've ever said about yeah. her. Um, but apart from your domestic uh, woes aside, um, trade, how's things? Trade was all right. Um, yeah. Solid week mm-hmm. across. Oh, no, last week at the lockup was a bit quiet. Um, everybody, since it's so close to Brighton, everybody just goes to the beach. Yeah. True. Um, Windlock, we put a margarita machine in the Windlock, and that's. Um, Basically, like Hogarth's Ginelli down there. It's all gone a bit Pete Tong. Um, <laughs> or Pete Brown, in this case. Um, they're all falling out of the pub, um, drinking strong margaritas, frozen margaritas. And the red line was trading really well. Responsible yeah. retailing there. Yeah, yeah not sure. Uh, yeah, well, you know, like, no more than four. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I mean, we've been talking businesses having to absorb you know, price increases. I mean, uh, how, how are you sitting on that? Man, it's moment? criminal. Like, we, I, I know we're all complaining on the... I think we're all on Twitter just yelling at stuff, which I don't even bother because no one listens. But um, these energy bill thing we've been locked into is just... It, it is... It's so unbelievable. It's, mm. it's criminal. But the government does whatever they want and we just mm-hmm. sort of go that's okay yeah that's fine um, but yeah the energy bills like at the Lockhart it's eight and a half thousand pounds a month for our electricity mm-hmm. equivalent to 130,000 pounds a year I finished my contract thank god the end of this month but they won't give me a new contract yeah. they're no. not giving out contracts so you have to go on their variable rate yeah. so here we go and their variable rate can be whatever it's basically well, you're, 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 you're just held hostage yeah, yeah, do you know yeah, what I mean yeah. and it's like and the government you know wants to say, oh, let's support businesses and stuff but they've got the energy companies just ripping the life and soul out of not just hospitality but you know the industry in this country mm. uh, but the, the Bank of England did a great job they raised the interest rates oh, which was exactly what you need yeah. as a business particularly businesses with lots of debt at the moment yeah. from Covid yeah. it's great. just but they don't like, you know like they we you know I've said it before a million times they don't care and we're not going to get any help well, they, but it's they, how do we get through it they, they, they've said I mean the, the, the reason for the interest rates is they're trying to stop people spending money mm. they're trying to stop people going out to eat and drink which which is but, insane what because is this the economy, yeah. the economy collapses because no one's spending anything yeah. and that's not what's causing the bloody inflation it, but it's mental isn't it what are we living in are we living in China right now social credit system should we just say okay you've got enough money to go out you haven't you can't afford your energy bills like we're supposed to be looking after people do you know what I mean and we're like we're getting punished because people want to enjoy their life do you know if this is France hold on what you're gonna you're gonna close all our cafes and get rid of our the social fabric of our society mm. they'd be they'd be turning cars on over and on fire mm. but here they don't they is don't that what you're going to be doing later then with my back no <laughs> I might have to employ some people yeah um um, one of the uh, one of the stories uh, uh, this week uh, or last week was um, around uh, ordering from a kids menu, not kids. But I read that. Adults. But, but come on, no, no. Do you, do, would you? No, do you I don't think that? it's fair. You don't. No, not at all. But that's what Nikki does. But we do we yeah, get. Do you see how much I eat? <laughs> yeah. But we no. The, the children's menu is for children. And if we all start doing this because people are penny pinching, which is effectively what a lot of people are doing, yeah, it's not on. So what would you rather than they didn't come? Yeah. Would you? Yep. 
or you, nothing or you charge because the kids' food's always a bit subsidised anyway, isn't yeah. it? We're not charging what it really smaller, is. Is it not a smaller portion? Yeah, but it's never you're never really charging what it is worth. So why don't you charge more realistically for your kids' portions? What's well, like an adult sitting there? Like we had a guy who ordered fish, wanted fish fingers the other week. Mm. Seriously, you're a growing man. You're third hungry. <laughs> like, mate, you know what I mean? Like, you want to give customers what they want, but you do not want a table of going. Okay, we're all. Go- uh, there's eight of us, and we're all going to have the the kids, um, the, kid, the kids Sunday roast. What about? Okay, what would you rather then? People came in and they couldn't. Let's say because it's traditionally it's older older people can't eat quite as much as younger people can they don't I haven't finished yet um, so if you had let's say an elderly couple come in and they I, had a I would let them, I would let them do that you would I would but when you've got people in their 30s I mean, and 20s and 30s that. who are just trying to penny pinch and sit there and drink tap water taking up a table I don't want you you met my wife <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah, late a few times. I, every time I see her, she's crying. I don't know why. <laughs> like you're right. She's, uh, at least mine's she in the country. She, 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 she keeps on going, Angela. I go, well, who the bloody hell's Angela? She goes, is Angela here? Oh God, <laughs> God's sake. Uh, inappropriate joke uh, number eighteen. Yeah. Um, so no, you wouldn't ordering from a kid. He's, I mean, it's not. I think I'm, I'm with Heath. It's not They're there for a reason. A lot of pubs do subsidised kids' menus to bring the families in. Yeah. Um, I mean, why you'd want to bring families in is a but you want to, but you can't. You imagine that again? Sorry, this is actually what I was going to say, and I'd forgotten. Good. Would you rather somebody ordered just a a normal-sized meal and then left three quarters of it on the plate and you had to throw it away? No, because they'd get a take. They'd get a doggy bag and take it home. What if they didn't want the doggy bag to take it home? Well, then it's their problem. It's not. It's your problem. They're getting a doggy bag on the They wouldn't do that those people who don't want to do that you know we used to we used to do half portions of fish and chips and then it just got ridiculous because it's expensive to do and then you'd always be a bit more expensive and then they'd have, an, a, you'd have, to have a conversation with people why can't I have the small portion but why is it a bit more expensive and you go well actually it's not exactly half it's a bit more than you know and yeah. I don't want these conversations what about people that come in and don't order for their kids but give them a bit off their plates I don't, well then a lot of kids like you know, I don't want to be the food police, but no. at the same time, you don't want you, you like you, you, if you're busy, which fortunate enough we are. You can't. I can't afford to have tables taken up eating kids' food. Yeah, it, it doesn't on a Sunday. You imagine on a Sunday if I let that ride, mm. you can all have kids' roasts. Mm. I'd be selling ten pounds. Kids' roast. Yeah, and it's oh, ten right. pounds. Mm. But it's like I, I subsidise it because we're still so using the same. Mm. Yeah, but I couldn't afford to have the whole place doing that. Mm. No. Do you know what I mean? I had, a, I had a customer I'll tell you this story the lady who rang up she rings up she goes I'm in tomorrow night and we're coming for dinner we're now eight people and she's saying to one of my supervisors and I just want to give you some feedback you guys are quite expensive you should think about doing more reasonably priced meals so I sent her an email and said basically you don't have to come right this is our pricing mm. explain why mm. she goes well we're just trying to give you the point of view for a customer you know people who want to don't want to spend so much money going out I can go to Mayfair and your prices are very similar to Mayfair the certain restaurant I googled this restaurant they're a lot more expensive yeah. but they just want us to be their, their pub that they can just come to and spend eight pounds on a lasagna and just you know like don't fucking come <laughs> <laughs> I don't want you here he's going to get that sign above the door isn't it just fuck off don't start telling me how I should run my business and how I should do it go somewhere else I said there's plenty of pubs in the area that you can go to you do not have to come here don't make me change what I want to do and how I'm happy with my business to, 
to, to cater for you and your she mates. She was just trying to help. No, she no, wasn't she trying to help. She just wanted cheaper food, food for her to come. <laughs> so and her mates sitting there, you know what I mean? I said, don't, if you're going to come, I said this, don't come and complain to try and get discount or things off the bill because that's not going to wash with me. She still came. Did she give her a discount? No, no, still complained. <laughs> the April spritz, the April spritz weren't bubbly enough. There weren't enough <laughs> bubbles. Sent them back. There we go. Then we've got wastage. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? What yeah. am I doing with those? Just leaving that locker and never let the, it back Yeah, in well, again. that's what I do. We do. We There's, know. We don't want you. I think I'm up to a thousand people now. What that you've blocked? That you've yep. barred? Since 2017. They, still keep in, they, they, they the changed irony. their names. Since 2017. Yep. So in six in six people. years you've that's, that's barred a thousand people. This is a story, isn't it? Maybe we should ask how many people. They, they sneak blocked. back in. They change their names. Record? They change their names. They change their email addresses. <laughs> they sneak back in. You go, how the fuck did Table Three get in? And we all look at each other. And go, they used a different name. Um, well, they obviously really like the pub. Yeah, but, but, but then and then they complain. Then, but then don't be a dick. Don't come here. You know we tell them like you know oh why are you blocked? Oh because you spoke to our staff really disrespectfully on this night. Well I was having a bad day. Yeah, we don't want you then. Yeah. If you can't talk to the staff nicely, you're not welcome. So how have you not got barred? How have the staff not barred you? That's a good They're not point. talking to them nicely. Uh, I don't know. I don't think they've got the... Why <laughs> pay the wages? I think they're probably... <laughs> they haven't worked that those out. Those are all the strings, yeah. Like, Maybe we'll have a word. Yeah, but I just want... Like, if you're nice, <clears throat> we want to look after you. If you're going to come here and just be an absolute dick, we don't want you. Yeah. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, an award-winning pub operator... <laughs> Speaking of which, GBPA, yep. we mentioned it. You're not going to enter. Because, uh, what am I going to enter uh, yeah, in? Like, anyway, uh, uh, so I mean, I'll find there's, a still, there's still time. There's still Children's time. Children's menu of the year. Yeah. <laughs> there's still time to enter. We've, we've extended to uh, to Sunday the 28th, so hopefully this will go out. I in see time. Green King pl- plugged it on their, um, their channels. Yeah, yeah, that's very good. Yeah. Very good. Um, so I mean, he just as a as a signal, you're not going to enter. Therefore, encourage more people to enter because listen, they're not going to lose out to you. No, no. Like, what is it worth entering? It is because you. It gives you something to bang on about if you've got nothing. To talk about five it years. does it does five you, years. Get, yeah. you get to talk about something oh we're in this awards um, if you win we generally saw a 20% lift in trade uh-huh. like it just went yeah. so I think it's worth it it really is worth it it also gives you your team something to get behind and talk about your customers and it's all uh, generally worth it yeah. And no. it made you cry, I remember. Oh. It was great. Somebody stood on my foot. <laughs> no, they didn't. It was you. It was you standing on my foot. You're it's that high heel. You're such a bully. You're like, <laughs> have you got that envelope of cash to give me? Yeah. Oh, that's great. Perfect. Thank you. Uh, yes, it is still open, so get your it's entry. It's worth entering, yeah. Uh, I definitely. do have a note here saying, why is Heath a grumpy... C-? Um, but uh, I think we've already discussed that. We covered so. that off. Yeah. Mm. Let's park that for now, and we'll move on and talk about Guinness. This is the Lock In Podcast, and we're talking Guinness in this episode. I'm delighted to welcome Anna McDonald, Category Marketing Director with Diageo, to help us today. Thanks for joining us, Anna. Hi, thank you very much for having me. No problem. Um, I mean, we're, we're talking about Guinness. It, it's one of the oldest beer brands, uh, dating back to 1759. Um, Anna, can you just give us a little bit of the history of, of the brand and, and how we've got to where we are? Absolutely. So I guess it all starts with Arthur Guinness himself, uh, who signed an amazing 9,000 year lease uh, back in 1759, which when you think about it, we talk about, you know, not only the history of Guinness, but also the future. We're only 263 years into that uh, 9,000 year lease. So that, I think, speaks volumes about the, the vision that he had and the bravery that he had as a businessman. I mean, that's incredible, isn't it? I mean, with the, 
I can't imagine anyone offering a nine thousand year lease uh, uh, these yeah. days. I mean, were they were they mad? I mean, what, how did how did that come about? Well, I think you know, there's a lot of uh, legend. I don't think we know. I certainly don't know. I'm sure our archive people maybe know more than I do, but. Um, but yeah, it was. It's a huge bold step, and started actually inspired by Porter, uh, the beer that had become um, popular here in the UK, and he'd started brewing over in Dublin. And I think he just must have had the the confidence uh, and possibly a little bit of craziness to uh, to go ahead with that. Um, um, sorry, gone. No, and I was just going to say, I think one thing that a lot of people don't know um, about Guinness is the Guinness Draft, which is the product that we all know and love as Guinness here in the UK, that actually launched first in in uh, GB rather than in Ireland, which surprises a lot of people. So it first started here in 1959 okay. and then um, didn't launch in Ireland until 1964. Wow, oh, I, didn't, I didn't know that at all. Yeah. I mean, that, yeah. why, why was that? Just that you didn't like it, you thought you'd test it on the English first, is that... Uh, I think- <laughs> There was a little bit of a test, yes, initially, um, but thankfully for for us and for Arthur, it was massively popular. So, and it's interesting. I mean, you said it, he started looking at porters. So, I mean, how did that sort of evolve into the stout that we know today? Then, um, I think you know it, it speaks to a lot of the experimentation, and Steve might be able to speak to this later as well. But um, I think with most brewers and, and even the way that the Guinness brewers now in, in Ireland and in Baltimore and soon to be in uh, Covent Garden okay. um, that uh, you know there's a lot of experimentation and consumer palates change and you know you said to me about why is it that Guinness is, is still so popular how is it doing now mm. and I think it is that combination of um, knowing when you've got a successful product and and not tinkering too much with that but also not being afraid to um understand how consumer um consumer choices i guess and preferences are changing and evolve towards that and i think that's something that the guinness brand's done incredibly well um in this market and globally over over time and i mean you you, you mentioned um the, the that you're also opening a, a brewery now in london tell us a bit about that what, what's going on with that yeah, so um, fingers crossed, um, we are um, going to be in a in a fantastic position. It's really from from a personal perspective, it is one of these kind of once in a lifetime opportunities, and I guess it it gives us uh, an opportunity to almost see what it's like to to run our our own pub, so to speak. Although it's a lot more than that, we'll have um, uh, it's a fifty thousand square foot venue in total. Mm-hmm. Um, encompassing various hospitality and event spaces as well as importantly a microbrewery um, and we'll also be creating up to about 150 jobs in the capital which is fantastic and it will be the Diageo Southern Hub for um, our award winning Learning for Life bartending and hospitality programme which is great but I think it's um, outside of the key facts I guess it's just testament to the long history and relationship that Guinness has um, in the UK and gives us an opportunity not only to talk about the past and and the history and the huge legacy of innovation that Guinness has had thus far but also um, experiment and I think there's a lovely phrase that's on um, Open Gate Brewery in Dublin that says whatever we dream up we get to brew up and I think that kind of um, you know the the freedom and the experimentation that that conjures up is a lot to do with 
I guess, the values of Guinness in, in the core. So we hope to be able to bring not only the storytelling and the sense of community and communion that's such a big part of the Guinness brand, but also some fantastic beer mm. uh, as well. Mm. Yes, watch this. And have you signed a 9,000 year lease? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not quite signed a 9,000 year lease, no. I, maybe not quite as bold as Arthur. Mm. Uh, Heath, I mean, you're a massive Guinness fan. Are you going to be queuing up to uh, the, yeah, the doors open then? I don't queue. <laughs> <laughs> I'll pop you it a for sure. and jump the queues <laughs> out there. It's, uh, I'll walk behind you, Ed. They won't see me. <laughs> oh, first fat joke of the podcast. Brilliant. Um, I, I mean, the 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 the, the yarn is something I you mentioned a microbrewery. What is it going to be brewing? Is it going to be experimental stuff or is it going to be Guinness? I mean, you you famously have stopped brewing Guinness in the UK. You moved out of Part Royal, brought it back into uh, Dublin. Is, yeah. is this going to be the the Guinness being brewed back again in London, or or is it not going to be uh, the the? So. Uh- our intention at the moment is to still bring all of the Guinness draft in from Dublin mm-hmm. um, and maintain that. And really that what will be brewed on site will be um, largely uh, experimental beers. Um, so I don't know if you've had a chance to go to either the Open Gate Brewery or in Baltimore, mm-hmm. um, but it's amazing to see, I guess, just how much variety can still come from the Guinness brand so I think it's still very much a work in progress um, in terms of the beers we are in the process touch wood of hiring our um, head brewer and I'm sure that that person will have a, a huge input into um, you know what we actually make them obviously we'll be working closely with Steve and the other um other quality and brewing teams that we have globally but yeah the intention isn't to start brewing Guinness draft back no. in London that will still come from Dublin but it's more what we can brew locally that people would only be able to try there right okay okay and I mean when it comes to, to, to stouts I mean the, 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 you don't really have a rival you've got there's, there's people that dabble there's people that do things and obviously there's been a bit of noise around a, a new upstart brand uh, we won't mention that they're, that they're looking to sort of uh, uh, give you a bit of a run for the money but why is Guinness why is it so iconic why do you not have anyone touching why is the market almost your own well i mean it's hard to to sort of answer that with a a singular point i think the distinctivity of guinness um is is really significant and i think we we um you know have done a lot over many many years to build um not only the the iconicity and the distinctiveness between the brand and the the black and white pint Mm. um but also i think there's something more than that you know and it's the kind of intangible things that um the role that guinness plays um in communities and when you talk to people as a marketing person you know when you first take a new job like this um when you talk to people about Guinness, most people have quite a special relationship in their own way, you know, that how they first were introduced to the brand. And for some people that was a, you know, a f- fabulous holiday in Ireland, but for other people it was just down their local pub or maybe they had a friend or a relative that drank Guinness. And that, I think that's hard to sort of quantify. Um, we've also had a really strong commitment to marketing, I guess. And, uh, you know, the first ad... Um, for Guinness in the UK goes back as far as 1929 I think Um, and that kind of whether it was Guinness is good for you through to um, the Gilroy art and I learned something new actually recently which was the um, John Gilroy who did all the famous um, the famous cartoon characters Um, he was actually from Newcastle okay 
didn't know. So another lovely link to the UK. But um, yeah, I think it's it's a, a combination. And I, Steve would kill me if I didn't also say that the commitment to quality. Um, again, even even as the marketing board, it's such a, a huge part of our commitment, you know, and and how we um, not only, I guess, ensure that people experience that you know the quality that goes into the the making of the beer also how that um experience makes sure that it goes through to the end consumer but there's also that the kind of magic somehow in and the ritual um the 119.5 seconds that it takes to mm. pour and and the, the some of the other great campaigns of old good things come to those who wait i think there's lots and lots of facets to um to that but you know we welcome um innovation in the stout category in beer i think you know there's certainly um room in the market mm, mm. Um, for um innovation and and hopefully you know it's our job to uh keep guinness uh at the, the head of the pack excellent well we, we'll come on to innovation i just want to ask heath um you're a massive guinness fan where yeah. where was your first pint what was the uh... i think it's one of those beers i think it's because it's so distinctive I came from New Zealand and I remember I, I think I was visiting Dublin I think it was the first time it was at the Guinness the brewery and um, I got I thought well I must have one because I mean you know I never I think I tried it before but not really tried it and then I thought yeah I must have one I'm here and then I had one I was like oh shit okay <laughs> <laughs> hello um, and it's all been downhill since then <laughs> it's the only beer I really drink I'll dabble in other stuff but um, it yeah I can quite easily you know, consume quite a few Drink points. a lot of it. Yeah, yes. exactly. And I do enjoy it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's sort of, yeah. Yeah, well, so. you're the reason we're doing this. Uh, you're sort of <laughs> like, the podcast. We have to do the podcast. Well, this is the biggest selling beer in the UK now. Well, this is true. So, so yes, num- number one beer. And I mean, um, is you're riding high at the moment. It's um, it, it's doing very well. In terms yeah. of that innovation, though, um, I mean, you have innovated in the past. You, you did Guinness Extra Cold. Um, you've got the nitrous surge thing, which is more, more of an off-trade thing, but um, that in itself is, 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 is an interesting move. And zero, zero. Is, is there more innovations? Yeah. Is, is there any innovation left? Would be... Uh, maybe, uh, <laughs> well, uh, so... As I said earlier, you know, we're only 263 years into a 9,000-year lease, so I, I have no doubt that there will be further innovation to come. However, that said, I think, um, you know, I, I've been at uh, Guinness for a long time. Funnily enough, you mentioned Extra Cold, and I think I joined Guinness the year, uh, either that that launched or the year after it launched, and, um, and that was massively successful for us at the time. Um, and it's great to see that we've still got lots of taps out there. Um, but I think that commitment to quality, as I said, actually the temperature of the Guinness and the quality of the Guinness, um, even regular Guinness now, I think is so good um, in a lot of the country that um, that that the extra cold, I guess, um, is now smaller probably than it was initially. But um, Guinness Zero and Guinness Nitro Surge, I think, are two amazing innovations that you know sitting in my shoes i feel unbelievably lucky that uh, and, and thankful to the people in the the technical side of our business that have managed to crack what are um undoubtedly two of the best innovations that we've ever had i think the moderation trend is here to stay mm-hmm. um, i think as a business you know we do a lot to promote positive drinking um, we see a big responsibility certainly sitting with a brand like Guinness as well as the, the broader um, Diageo payment company to continue that journey and really um, 
really normalise moderation, you know, and, and we are on a journey, I think, still to do that. But the success of Guinness Zero um, is phenomenal. Uh, we are already, I think, the number one beer in a couple of um, a couple of accounts in the off-trade. Um, no, a number one non-alc beer, sorry. So yep. I think, um, you know, we're really proud of what we've achieved so far. And, and I really think that we are still in the very early stages of the Guinness Zero journey. And then with Nitro Surge, um, I'm sure Steve will know, but that kind of how do we really um, deliver on consumer expectations of a of a pint at home? Um, that's been a long journey. Uh, I can tell you there were projects at the Innovation Graveyard that have been going for a long time. And, um, and technology, actually, is a good example of where technology has advanced and we've continued. So it was never the wrong idea, but maybe we didn't quite have the right execution. And... Um, and I think, you know, I certainly love my nitro surge. I have one in the house. And um, I, I think it's a great example of, you know, you just sometimes have to keep going, trying to find the right solution. Um, and it's been hugely successful in Ireland. We're um, we are really, really pleased with the performance so far. But again, it's sort of early, early days. Yeah. So will there be more innovation to come? I'm sure. But I certainly feel like I've got my hands full with those two for now. So... Uh, probably not in the immediate future yet. Brilliant. Well, we'll be picking up on some of those with Steve uh, shortly, but rather time for the moment. But thank you very much, Anna. You're welcome. Cheers. Thank you. Bye. You're listening to the Lock In podcast with myself, Ed Beddington. Heath and Nikki Thatcher. We're talking about Guinness today and now we're going to focus on quality and delivering the best possible pint. To help us with that, we've got a top expert joining us, Steve Gilson. And I'm probably mangling your name now, Steve. Shall I? Am I oh, yeah. Okay, excellent, good. You are head of Guinness quality. Um, so if he can't sort your pipes out, Heath, I don't know who can. <laughs> I mean, that was the obvious joke. I apologise <laughs> uh, for that. But uh, Steve, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Delighted to be here. Good stuff. So we've already discussed with, with, with your colleague Anna that Guinness is a, is a massive brand, but it wouldn't be here, and I think she made this point herself, if it wasn't for that quality and that, that focus on delivering quality. Uh, if yeah. you aren't getting that right, you, you're going to struggle to shift it. So, I mean, Steve, from your, your head of quality, where do you start? How do you ensure that you get that consistency? It goes all the way through the whole process, and it, it, like it goes back to our history. So even the first advert on Guinness talked about quality. So Guinness back in the uh, when um, I think it was in the early 1900s, they floated the idea of advertising Guinness. And, um, Cecil Guinness, I think it was, said wasn't keen on the idea, didn't really see the need for it, and said, "Okay, well, if we're going to advertise, we're, all we're going to talk about is quality." So that's what, and, and the, 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 the strap line from the Irish from quality and quality alone, Guinness has grown to be the largest brewery in the world. So, and quality goes through everything that we do. And I talk about quality, I talk about consistency. When I was a brewer in James's Gate to what I do today, it's all about consistency and doing the same thing over and over again. And that starts with our brewing process, all the way from our raw materials, managing the process through James's Gate, to what we do in keg, to what we do in cans and bottles, and then how we dispense. And that's where my role today focuses on predominantly. Uh, we have, we have, 
amazing brewers and master brewers around the world focusing on the quality of the beer that we brew and making sure that consistency is there. What I look at then is, well, how do we get that consistency from the keg to the glass, whether it's in Dublin, in London, or anywhere else in the world? And we have a program that we manage for that around the world built on kind of technical standards and technical specs and also the capability and training of bartenders around the world as well. So, I mean, you you guys can, you've got control over the brewing process and, and the supply and all that kind of thing. Yeah. How, how do you ensure that Heath, for example, doesn't fuck it up in his cellar? <laughs> so we have, a, Thanks, we, we have a program we call the Seven Seas, uh, right. which is all about delivering that level of quality. So if, you are, if you're managing a keg in a, in a bar, one of the Seven Seas, you got to make for Guinness, you got to make sure you have the correct gas. So getting the gas mix right. So we, we put all the gas you need for the beer in the keg. So it's all dissolved in the beer. What the bars need to do then is use the right gas to push that out. If you don't use the right gas to push it out as the keg empties, the gas that we've put in the keg will come out of solution. So into the headspace that you leave behind as you empty the keg. So it's making sure you get got the correct gas right. So it's typically 75-25 mix, uh, 75 nitrogen, 25 CO2. That is being pushed into the keg as you are pushing it out. That's the first one. And that also makes sure if, if the gas is wrong, the, the head height and how it pours will be different uh, over time and it'll get worse and worse as, time, as the keg empties. Second one is, is correct temperature. So we need to make sure that the temperature of the beer is right. So we encourage all bars to have cold rooms that the kegs get stored in and then either inline chillers or the cold room set at the right temperature that your serve of Guinness is about five to six degrees celsius mm. that guarantees the taste guarantees the head height guarantees the surge and everything else and then the other one when we talk about pipes is the clean lines like, and that's, that's no matter where you are no matter what beer you are uh having clean lines so if you get bubbles in your head uh it could be gas but it could be dirty lines as well so making sure so we actually in ireland and across tv we actually clean the lines and we make sure that the lines are clean at a frequency and everywhere in the world we encourage that the bars clean their lines on a set frequency that so in ireland we do it we've a, we've a quality team to go out and do it and do we have a similar team that go out and clean the lines and make sure that um, that guinness is nerved through clean lines all the time so that's three out of the seven Fourth is then the glassware. So if you talk to anyone at home, the most emotive subject, whether you're a, a keg user or a nitrosurge user or a widget can user, is your clean glassware. And I've seen even through my own Instagram, the most emotive reaction I get on anything is when I talk about clean glassware. So uh, because with Guinness, because it has the two gases in there, because of the distinctive color of it and, and the, the head being the head being so dense if your glass is not clean it's very obvious in Guinness because you get you get grease marks that show up as like cloud on the glass right. the head loses its density you can see bubbles in it and then the most important part of any Guinness now is as from a quality point of view how is Guinness judged by a consumer it's not how, it's not only how Guinness looks when you, the glass is full it's how Guinness looks when the glass has been emptied so have you got those beautiful rings going down the glass as you go around? So if you look at if you look at an awful lot of social media posts on Guinness, 
you'll see them you'll see people post the full pint and the empty pint and that's that that's the telltale of clean glassware so that's four out of the five okay. the other one that you say is you got it uh, is freshness so if you tap a keg whether it's at home or in a bar you should have it consumed within two weeks so you shouldn't have a keg tap for longer than two weeks um, and then also you have the right equipment so we call it counter visibility so that's another C but if the keg system you have the right Guinness tap with the right spout and creamer plate and everything in it or you're using the correct equipment like microdraft if it's a can system or something like that and then the last and most important then is what we call the craft of presentation which is the iconic two part pour how right. to do the how to do the two part pour um, how to how long to even settle where the glass you should fill it on the first pour and then how to top up when it works and getting that beautiful dome over the top as well so all of those elements go into how Guinness is how Guinness could be managed from the keg to the glass it, it's a theatre isn't it I mean hey, do you, are you sort of religious about your pour of the Guinness are you yeah like I think the big one in the, oh, like you know, glassware is obviously a big one but I think line cleaning and you, I, can, I can see when I go to pubs who haven't cleaned their lines because in my opinion Guinness is the one of the first beers to show the faults you know work with dirty lines so you know I'm f- very fastidious about that cleaning the lines glassware the poor but it's you know you can see pubs that do it badly you know you can taste it and you can see it I mean you, you talked you, about you, the uh, the it, rings around the beer it, um, you, I mean I've got a pint of Guinness here that he's pulled for me I'm, it, I'm lacking I some that rings pint there. for you an it's hour a, ago an hour yeah. ago you've drunk I half say the head is looking a little tired yeah <laughs> it's been there an hour and you've had half a pint not even half actually look it's just I mean, mate I, I, I drink my Guinness I mean, quick I, I literally don't pour it down my throat I, I mean I'm, and I'm working so it was uh, it was a useful prop but, but um, it's like at home it is one of those hardest things to get is is get is get the glass like where clean we call it beer clean level beer clean glass level Indeed, indeed. Um, I mean, what's what's the worst things you you've seen, Steve? Would you say? <laughs> um, Other than his pint here, um, <laughs> or your sense of humour. <laughs> well, it kind of as you, as you, as you problem solve. So I've like I've travelled a lot a lot in this road around the world from from Asia, parts of Africa to the US. One of the things that upset me the most probably is uh, glassware. Uh, whether it's using the wrong glass, and again, like even even the way the Guinness glass is designed with the curves on it, it that's what promotes the head. Mm. That's what gives the head. Um, I guess another one is um, is when people tell me, oh, "I know how to do it. I know how to do it. We know how to do it," and then and then they pour it wrong. And what's interesting is. Um, is when a lot of uh, Irish expats go abroad, they become de facto Guinness experts. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, and, 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 that's, and that's the name, but that's the nature and the joy of working on a brand like Guinness as well. People are so passionate about it. So, when people when people are abroad, you meet people abroad, they want to talk about Guinness. Uh-huh. Uh, so you have to, you kind of have to myth bust a little bit when, when I'm traveling as well about uh, about some of the some of the theories of Guinness out there, but. I guess it's the I guess it's when it's when people think they're doing it right and they're and they're not they're probably obsessed with more than anything else. But I've seen I've seen and and on the flip side of that, I've I've the other the other myth I love to bust is that people believe you can't get a great pint outside. Some people say outside Dublin, <laughs> uh, but most people would say outside Ireland, and that, that upsets me probably more than anything else because I've been 
all over the world and I've got beautiful pints all over the world when these elements are managed correctly. So much so I actually rode to a bar in, uh, in Washington, D.C. Uh, middle of last year uh, congratulating him for the Guinness because it was so good. Brilliant. I guess that's it, isn't it? When you're when you're a mythological kind of uh, brand like that, those 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 myths, those are so iconic. They do build up around it. Yeah. Mm. Brilliant. We are out of time, Steve. But thank you very much for that one. You're listening to the Lock In Podcast. Myself, Ed Bennington, and Nikki Thatcher, and Heath Ball. We're talking about the iconic brand Guinness, and who better to join us to discuss that than iconic beer writer Pete Brown and iconic pub landlord Osh Rogers. Chaps, thanks for joining us. Nice to be here. Thank you. Good stuff. Osh, let's start with you. Um, I mean, you were well known for serving a great pint of Guinness at your your former pub, the the Guinea Grill. What is it about Guinness that you love? Um, well, I think it's a very ubiquitous beer. I think it has a, a it's always had a very a strong following, not just among Irish people, but I think among you know people who really enjoy their beer because there's so much to it and there's so many stories to it, and it's got the history and heritage and the darkness and that whole creaminess and the advertising it's, it's just a massively interesting subject on its own and I think Guinness is the only beer product that you serve and no matter who you serve it to they've always got a comment about it, they always want to talk about it, they want to talk about the head and you know I think that's kind of accelerating the last few years um, Heath, would you, you share that kind of uh, as, a, as an operator? Yeah, I think it's it's you know it's a legend, isn't it? Everybody mm. wants to talk about Guinness, mm. Yeah. and there's that theatre, I guess, isn't there? I know also we've seen you sort of doing stuff with a with a Guinness Guru and sort of doing the the pint pour, and we'll be talking to him later. Actually, I mean, it is yes. that that that, that theatre that kind of brings it to life in a in a way that other beers you just don't have that, do you? Yeah, I think that's t- totally true, true about the theatre, but it's more than theatre. It, it becomes like fun, and it, you know, for some people it actually becomes a way of life, and they'll compare the one they had last week to the one they had this week. You know, they, they really enjoy drinking it, they want to tell everybody about it, they want to post it on the internet. It's, uh, it, it really is a fun product, I think, as well as, as, well as being a serious beer. Indeed. Um, Pete, let, let's get on the skin of it a bit. What is it about Guinness? I mean, other stouts are available yeah they're, they're tiny in comparison aren't they I mean why, why is it why does no one seem able to, to hold a candle to Guinness I think it goes back to the history of the brand uh, and not in the way that they tell the history although they do a, a very good job of that if you go back to the late 19th century uh, all the brewers invested in building up tight houses mm. so they all floated on the stock market and they all bought all the pubs that sold their so you know if you wanted to a Whitbread pub you had got Whitbread Pale Ale Whitbread mild whatever same with whatever other pub you went for Guinness didn't do that Guinness invested in the brand uh, they were one of the first to be a trademark iconic trademark and, and so there was demand for it and so by the early 20th century you got this situation where you walked into say Whitbread Porridge Pub Whitbread or Courage Stout mild whatever not Stout sorry Pale Ale or whatever mm. and then you had this thing where they had to get Guinness so Guinness would be the only brand that they had that wasn't their own and Guinness capitalised on that by investing in consumer time for the first time so it's the only brand I know where if you go to an antiques market or a, or a tourist shop you'll pay money 
for branded tat. You know, yeah, yeah. pay money for rep- <laughs> people pay money for replicas yeah. of a hundred-year-old Guinness advertising. Mm. It's extraordinary that people do that. Uh, so everything with the toucan on and the super and all that kind of stuff. So they created this iconic brand that you just had to have. That and pubs had to stock it. Mm. And even today, pubs pubs go. I hate them they charge me too much i don't want to stock it but i have to i just have to stock it because it's just got that demand and then what they've done with building on that i mean i remember working in advertising when the horses ad came out the the, the surfers ad um with the horses white horses in the waves and that way. Mm. and we were working on stellar arts at the time going what the hell do we do now <laughs> and 10 years later people people were still calling that the best ever met not just in beer but but across everything mm-hmm. people don't remember it now but it really was an incredible piece of work and, and they just kept going with building and building and building with that brand until um, it, it is it's more than just a stout people don't want to but they want Guinness yeah yeah I mean, it's, it, it, people do joke. They sort of say it's a stout that non-stout drinkers drink. Some people say it's, people don't realise it's a stout. I mean, is that just um, uh, you know sour grapes? I mean, what, what's your what's your view on that? It's interesting. I used to do when I used to have access to big market research figures. Um, there's a database that says what beer do you, what beers is a list of beers. Which beers do you claim to drink at all ever, and which beers do you claim to drink most often? And people, I, they said, I drink Guinness more often than any other beer. If if they were true, Guinness volumes would be double what they are now because it's, it had it had it had more most often drinkers by far than any other beer. So people actually want to see themselves as Guinness drinkers, even if they don't like it that much. See, so, so you get people drinking one pint of it on St Patrick's Night, then going, yeah, yeah, that's my favourite beer. Yeah. Um, I mean, in terms of the, the, the there's been rivals. Um, I think Osh, we've lost Osh. Possibly he's there, but his mic won't come on, so uh, I'm not sure if he can uh, answer any of these. But, but we'll see. Um, I mean, we've seen rivals in the past. We've had Murphy's, Beamish. Uh, they all seem to have fallen by the wayside. I mean, why why does no one mm. seem able to to challenge uh, Guinness? Is it just that legacy that? that they need to bring. They need to bring something different, not not just copying the same story that Guinness are telling, but but giving you an alternative to it. That's an alternative in terms of branding and things like that, and and that's a pretty tall order. Because how do you have an alternative to the harp and the black and the white and the rugby connection uh, mm. and everything else? And and Guinness have gone. Guinness have lost weight. You, know, you, you don't get to be a 200 and whatever it is year old brand without taking your eye off the ball at sometimes, and often it's the way they come back that is more impressive than if they just sailed through mm. so Guinness was getting in the 90s Guinness was getting savaged by these other brands and it was losing share to, to Beamish and to Murphy's and so they had to go away and think about what they stood for and, and come and, and express that and not long after that they, they, they built a storehouse which is you know the most tourist attraction in Ireland mm. um, and so they really kind of re, refocused that Irishness um, which I'm not even spoken about about it. Um, and then you've always got this thing where it's like for craft beer drinkers it's too bland for for um, for mainstream drinkers maybe a bit too complex um, and so it's which way do you go and sometimes they go too fast towards the mainstream and they get lost in uh, brand extensions lodging Guinness Lager and things like that mm. and then what they did with this Made of More campaign that they're running now is they went the other way and said well let's not be embarrassed about the fact that we're a bit more substantial a bit more difficult for people and let's celebrate that because then that means the consumers to be 
think of themselves as someone who can actually take this sort yeah. of slightly and it's rubbish you know it's like oh yeah with people can really kind of stand a, a, a bit with Mm. Uh, Osh, I mean, have you ever been tempted to, to switch to the dark side and, and, and put another stout on other than Guinness? Um, well, I haven't. However, I've worked for a brewery-owned uh, pub companies for 35 years, and mm. we've had ins and outs of uh, MDs deciding to take Guinness out because it doesn't matter and watch the sales decline. Uh, we've had we've had Gillespie's at SNN in the 90s. We did... Uh, uh, London Stout with Youngs I think that just came to an end in about 2011 something like that yeah. um, but never a successful swap mm. have I ever seen never even close to being and I think I think one of the things about Guinness is there, there's a certain loyalty of Guinness drinkers where it might be one it might have been in the old days one in ten people who would only drink Guinness and if they come into a pub with ten mates and the Guinness isn't there, they'll just all walk out, yeah. all 10 of them. Mm. So, I, so I think it was really interesting that, that, that they really held that, uh, that that sort of banner of, you know, there, there is no substitute for Guinness. And I, I, I think a lot of people still believe that, even though there are perfectly excellent stouts out there that, that, that would rival it, you mm. know, if you actually put them against each other on the palate. Yeah. But as, as Pete was saying, it's so much more than the palate. It's all about the history and the heritage and the rugby and all the bits that go with it. Yes, yeah. And I mean, we're seeing um, we're seeing a, a sort of new uh, sort of uh, flood of uh, challenges coming to the market. Uh, we've seen Brewdog pretty much going head to head with Guinness with uh, Jet Black Heart. Camden have just launched a, a new stout as well. I mean, Pete, what, what's your take on that? Do you think the, the, these upstarts are going to rival the king, or uh, are we are we talking flash of the pan here? Heath, I mean, you love the you love. A quick answer or a long, a long <laughs> oh, you give us a quick answer and then we'll we'll hear Pete's answer. Go on. Answer is no chance whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> Pete, do you want to uh, do you want to pick that apart a bit more? Or? Yeah. Yeah, I do think it's funny. I think the Brewdog one in particular is very funny because uh, I can remember when they did this six years ago. Mm-hmm. And you know they're spending a huge amount. Of hey, finally, there's al- there's never been an alternative to Guinness before. We've finally launched one. It's like, yeah, you know, actually tried it six years ago. <laughs> 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 um, but I, I think it's nice. It's nice to have an alternative. Uh, I, I particularly like what I'm actually doing with London Porter. Is a is is a is a piece of marketing that's actually worthy of Guinness themselves because um, they're, they're people they're telling the story that Porter was actually a London beer style before it went to Ireland and became stout, um, and they produced a really good uh, beer there. Uh, they're marketing in a brilliant way. You know, they're, they're gonna they're gonna be a tick on the skin of Guinness. They're gonna do more of that, but, but that is you know for them. To, to make a sizable chunk of business out of it, and so uh, I, I, I like the fact that that, that, that I think the, the the most striking thing is that if you want to have a go in Portrush Stout on a brand level like that, you can only do it in relation to Guinness. You, you can't yeah. pretend that Guinness doesn't exist. You have to go somewhere different than they're going, or stronger than they're going, or some, you can only react to what they're doing. Yes, yeah, yeah. It's a tough act to follow. Well, my, my analogy. My- my analogy to it is somebody goes and sees the most successful, most well-built, fittest guy in the whole place, and they go, I'm going to be like you, mate. And they just put the same clothes on, but they're still a fat, ugly, you know, useless... <laughs> I don't know why. I'm just looking at it. I don't know why I'm looking at it. I said that, and I just looked at it, and I went, here we go. Brilliant. Thanks for that. Thanks for that. Oh, shit. Um... 
<laughs> so uh, when you when you open up the uh, the mysterious new uh, new site, Osh, um, are you uh, you're obviously going to be stocking Beamish and the Murphys? Is- um, well, we did consider it, but we will be doing Guinness. And I, 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 I spent two weeks in Dublin uh, in January, going around beer cellars and taking temperatures and looking at the width of lines and looking at uh, uh, cellar temperatures and speed of pour and gas mix and all sorts of boring stuff. And I've pretty much got it nailed. And I've just had an engineer here from uh, a, 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 a technical company who won't be named who are going to... Um, do exactly the same install as would be in a pub in Dublin here in Piccadilly so I'm pretty excited about that and it's, it's, it's a big investment from us it's not something that Diageo are particularly helping us with but we're going to do it and I'm confident we'll have the best pint in town Fantastic so they don't want you rivaling the, uh, the old brewer's yard in uh, Covent Garden that's why well, they've got three years to catch up on us. Let's see how they get on. <laughs> Brilliant. All right, guys. I really appreciate your time on that, but we are out of time. But thank you very much. This is the Lock In Podcast, and we are discussing the black stuff in this episode, the beer that few pubs will dare not to stock. To help us with that, we've got a genuine Guinness superfan here, the Guinness guru himself, Dara Curran. Dara, I mean, what is a Guinness guru, and how did you get the gig? Guinness guru is (laughs) just the best. Guru is the best word that went after Guinness. So um, it's it's definitely not an expert. Because when I was just trying to come up with a name, I was like, Guinness guy, obviously gone with the... The um, oh god, my English teacher will kill me. I can't remember when it's the a, the <laughs> G Alliter- and the G alliteration. Alliteration. Thank you, Ed. Um, I, I have some with the alliteration. So Guinness Guru is is just what sounded the best. And how did I get into it? Mm. Um, basically, there was a there's a guy um, called Dave Portnoy who reviews pizza in kind of Manhattan for Barstool Sports over in America one of my mates I didn't I didn't hadn't even heard of it before but one of my mates sent that to me and said look at this guy he literally just reviews one the same thing every day for like a million times in a row um, and he said you know that could be a good idea for you to do with Guinness because I was always going to making videos and doing little things so mm. uh, that was the kind of the start of it back in uh, September 2019 Right. Okay. And were you a were you a big Guinness fan then, or was it just you sort of thought that was the uh, the topic that you fancy going for? I wouldn't say I was necessarily like I drank it, but I wouldn't say I was like a, a fan. Like I wasn't going to the pub like talking too much about it or anything like that. But it was like I'm always very honest. Like it wasn't like I was some super fan and I knew all this information. And I thought, oh, yeah, I'll do this. Like, it was just. I had always been doing random stuff with, like in terms of videos, and it was kind of just the next thing. But it just happened to sort of work after a couple of years, you know. Mm, mm. And why, why Guinness? I mean, there's 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 other beers around. I mean, is it just a case of you know, you're Irish? Guinness is just you know associated with with Irishness. Is that? It was. Well, I, I don't like. There's there's a million different pages for a million different people review and a million different things these days but I don't really think it'll work I don't think you can do it for four years and do 250 YouTube videos on anything if it's not Guinness because it is quite a you know a lot of people would roll their eyes at 
the way people and I don't blame them the way people sit in a pub and talk about all this, diff, these different things, all the different elements of a pint of Guinness. But I do think, in terms of a, of a beer or an alcohol, it's by far the most sort of the one you can kind of, uh, I don't know, objectify or, or talk about in, in more detail. The fact that it looks like I always say, after, uh, Guinness is like the only thing that you can actually say, you know, it looks good after it's drank just as just as good as before it's yeah. drank because yeah. of the shtick and the lacing that goes the way down um, and it's just I don't like yeah you could go around to different pubs and get a pint of Heineken or Foster's or whatever like but it's will it be that different but Guinness is just so temperamental as a drink that it's very hard to get right and very easy to get wrong and I guess that's why I've been able to do it for yeah. this, this much time there's a lot of theatre I mean and talking about you know that that sort of um, you do this again listen listen, you order a pint you leave it there for an hour and then you go there's no lacing I mean it's not got the lacing around the side you're you're so slow at drinking beers it's almost an insult do you know what I mean like that's that's embarrassing because whenever like it is the only way because when I do my videos like I tend to get pretty good stick or lacing on the point because I'm sitting by myself my my camera's on I know it's only got a certain amount of like battery life so I'm just kind of I'm tipping away I'm drinking the pint in three or four minutes which (laughs) probably isn't the best but like you're kind of guaranteed to get stick and if you don't get it on that then you're in trouble but People will always say to me, I never get stick in my pints. It's like, because like you, Ed, they're taking about six hours to drink it. <laughs> I mean, it's the speed of service in, in his pub, really. It's not that so it takes Mate, a long time. You, you're it. unbelievable. I mean, it's sat on the bar for an hour before it was brought <laughs> across. I, I drink faster uh, than I'm... What, <laughs> I, must, I have seen some of your videos, uh, Darren, you, and you, you do kind of take uh, that big old gulp at the uh, at the beginning. Is that, um, well, the first gulp should get you to where you are now on your point. <laughs> that is a thing. We were talking about it on the weekend with friends. So is, is that the, uh, the, the splitting of, well, are you supposed to sort of split the Guinness or the heart? What's the... Uh, you don't you don't even have to look out for that. That's just a bit of, bit of crack. But like, that's where you, you should be having at least three big gulps of a, of a point of Guinness at the first... There we go. Uh, he is now filming me. I think drinking my Guinness, which is slightly unnerving. Um, I mean, what what makes what makes a great pint of Guinness? And what, in your view, what is what is the the, the, the secret? What is the uh, the key to getting it right? Um, I suppose the, the the cool answer is has to be you know a really authentic pub, and has to the atmosphere has to be right, and all this sort of stuff. The kind of basic practical answer is like hygiene. The the lines, the number one thing is the lines need to be cleaned and cleaned right and the glasses need to be cleaned right. I was only in a pub uh, doing a video last week and I actually was speaking to the... Because sometimes the, the, the bar manager or whoever poured it will come up to me after and they'll say, look, like, can, you, can you be honest with me? What did you think? <laughs> and I... I say, okay, if you want me to be honest, because um, I never would like slate the place, but I just said it, it kind of had, because this place does food and does drinks, and you often find when they when they wash the, the glass in the same dishwasher that um, has plates and stuff from food, a lot of the grease from like gravy and stuff like that can get can latch on to the Guinness glass. Then mm. you'll see when you get it, it'll, it'll kind of look like it's the glass was nearly wet before the Guinness was poured. Like it, you'll just kind of see all this sort of greasy stuff on the outside. And that's 
that's just you don't want to be seeing that. God, before. Who, where are they doing that yeah. though? We have dedicated glass washers and dishwashers, <laughs> like you know, like ones just for glasses. It's all it does, and then ones upstairs just do yeah. food. You got to keep them separate. Yeah, I think. I think even even if they are doing that, like they still have to clean them out, like because there could be a glass going in there. Like there's one pub in Dublin, or there's a couple of pubs in Dublin that have glass washers only for Guinness glasses. Because okay. if you're putting glasses in that have like they've had they've residue of lemons and limes and all this yeah, other stuff, yeah. it all Fair kind point. of builds up. And if you're not cleaning that. This is why I said this was the boring practical answer because I'm putting myself to sleep. <laughs> but, but, but if you're not cleaning that dishwasher every whatever, I don't know, then it's all going to build yeah, up. Yeah, so because that's, well, that's, that's you've got to clean it every day. Like, mm, we strip them out. Maybe that's why I have It's because you drink, because you drink so slow, Ed. <laughs> I've seen anybody. I drink a pint of Guinness in a couple of minutes. Yeah, but what's that oily residue? There is no oily residue. Those lines are clean this morning. Those glasses were renovated this morning. That's all you need to know. Enough. Anyway, yeah. um, <laughs> I presume that's the owner of the pub. Yeah. Yeah, you're sitting across from, is it? Exactly. And yes, he's sitting here yeah. slagging me off because he drinks. I, I, I'd use the term old lady, but I think my mum drinks faster than you. Well, yeah. that's fair enough. I, I'm also working at the same time here, so I know it's an alien concept working, but um, it's, it's uh, drinking working. It's not usually something. I just make it look like art. It's tough, <laughs> tough drinking it's while a you're tough working, job. isn't it? It is a tough job. I mean, that, that's, that's sort of. I mean, you 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 taste Guinness all over the all over the the place. Um, I mean, are you. Uh, <laughs> The age-old myth that people trot out is, does Guinness taste better in Ireland? What's your view on that? Is it just a myth? I mean, we had the, the Guinness guy on earlier who was saying it's absolutely bollocks. It's the same everywhere. Didn't say it quite in those terms. No. Uh, it's far I more think corporate it's a bit more Who said that? <laughs> but do who, who you... Who said that? Sorry? Who, who, who said, said that? It was so the, the, uh, No, he was saying the, the, it's a myth. The uh, Guinness head of, head of quality said, you know, it's a myth that it tastes well, better. Well, of course he's going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> you think it tastes better in Ireland, do you? 100%. <laughs> it doesn't travel too well. He's full of shite. He's just saying that. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, there we go. That's it's just Guinness in a nutshell. They just, they just, they're such an amazing company, but they just lack a bit of kind of honesty and authenticity mm. at times like a Guinness in the middle of Vietnam isn't going to be as good as a Guinness in Dublin like let's just call a spade a spade <laughs> and it's nothing to do with it's nothing to do with what Guinness are doing to the but product but do you think so it's, it's almost not. like when, you, when you're in the south of France you're drinking rosé you get the best rosé I've ever had and you get back to the UK and you, you bought that rosé online you get there and you go it's shit because you're not on holiday, you're not sitting in the sun. That's the atmosphere. You know what I mean? It's yeah. all the it's all the crack that goes with it in Dublin or Ireland. I think there's more to it than that. I think it's it's very much. Uh, so I did a video where I sent. So there's a pub in the, in Dublin called the Gravediggers, known oh, yeah, uh, yeah. kind of like as the Holy Grail, the best Guinness in Dublin. And I took a keg that day that was delivered there, and I put it on a pallet, and I sent it to a friend of mine's pub in Vienna and he hooked it up and he even admitted he couldn't get it to be as good and I kind of my quote unquote findings after drinking so much Guinness abroad is that (laughs) because it's such a culture in Ireland like every time you're 18 years of old you start working in a pub in Ireland probably the first thing they're going to say to you is you have to know how to pour a pint of Guinness Guinness, Guinness, Guinness whereas if you're working in a pub I always say like Guinness in Ireland is, is up here UK is slightly behind and then rest of the world is way behind because I, I think the UK isn't isn't is fairly alright but like if like I said if you're, you're going somewhere like some Irish bar even in 
been to Amsterdam and Paris and there's they don't not that they don't care that's harsh but they don't Guinness isn't a culture over there so why would you expect it to be as good and because it is so temperamental mm. it's not just a case of hook it up and pour it yeah. you have yeah. to mm. clean those lines with the right stuff and the glasses and all this sort of stuff so um, yeah I would definitely say best in Ireland pretty good in UK and then rest of the world just kind of yeah. not great I mean I must admit I, I, I've had a, year, many years ago I went to Germany. Brother lives out in was Germany. It, was this after the war? Uh, this was the war? Yeah, after the war. Yeah, okay. 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 First World War. <laughs> <laughs> just, trying to, just trying to get and, context. Um, and I had a fantastic... And the Guinness out there, I swear, was better than the Guinness in the UK. I mean, this would have been mid-90s. Um, I don't know, but maybe you're right. Try, maybe, it was the, maybe it was the, the, the atmosphere we were drinking Yeah, but listen, and all you, that can, kind of you can go to a pub in Germany where the owner cares about yeah. the Guinness and he... Mm. He, like there's a pub in Manchester where the Guinness is as good as nearly any pub in Dublin because the owner is obsessed with it mm-hmm. and he, he's obsessed with getting a good point and maybe the guy in that German bar was something similar yeah. um, and he was that was a big priority would have been mm-hmm. the Guinness like you can get a good point anywhere but the chances are a lot lower I would say outside of Ireland and the UK so where, where's the pub in Manchester that you can get the best point it's called Mulligan's okay Okay, we should check that out next and time I'm on there. And, um, yeah, it's run by an Irish guy, Porig, who's all he thinks about all day and night is making a good point to Guinness. <laughs> there you go, Heath, you can learn from these people. Um, <laughs> Thanks, Ed. <laughs> doing this job for 30 years. Uh, Thanks, I get to look at the expression on his face, no one else does, it's great. Um, I mean, in terms of temperature, this this is an issue, isn't it? Um, I think you, you've made comments yourself on, on it it's too cold in the UK am I, am I fair in that what, what's your what's your take I mean uh, outside of Guinness extra I mean, yeah. Guinness, Guinness extra cold great innovation not very much on the taste for front, the UK but, market uh, though, isn't yeah it? what's what's your thoughts on yeah, that yeah so yeah it's it seems like every time I go to do a video in the UK I always forget about this and then I'm reminded that a lot of pubs um, I kind of thought it would have died out but a lot of pubs still go with the extra cold and some will have regular and extra cold some will only have extra cold some will ask which do you want some will just automatically give you the extra cold but um, I just yeah that's that's probably the main problem for Guinness in the UK because like I said I've had great points over there but not one of them was an extra cold point and listen if it was brought out for I get the reason it was brought out so you basically couldn't taste it and it was like when I was when I kind of hit 18, 19 and was going to pubs that's when they started bringing out like Heineken and Budweiser Zero and it was like just drinking ice and you couldn't taste it so it was great but with Guinness I just don't know it just for me it doesn't work whatsoever it's a stout a stout isn't supposed to be freezing cold Um, so that's that's definitely like if if I was um, if I became uh, Prime Minister of the UK I'd be banning Guinness Extra Cold all over (laughs) Um, other stouts are available uh, Dara I mean what have you tried other stout are you would you try would you would you switch allegiance to uh, to other products so only in the last kind of six months to a year, I've, I've really like I, I've I would have tried them all before, and I would I wouldn't say even now I, I don't have the best palate, but it's definitely improved over the last mm. like I was definitely clueless when I started, and over the last kind of 
Oh yeah, doing it for drinking Guinness the whole time over four years, it's gonna you're gonna develop some sort of a palate. And like I've recently tried um, for like the, you kind of have to be like your second or third time, but like Beamish and Murphy's will be the two two other big stouts in Ireland. They're mm. both kind of come from um, County Cork down south. Very proud people down there. For me, Beamish is a bit. Um, would you get? Either of those over in the UK? We used to. We yeah. used to. Less, used less to. so. They rarely see them these days. Yeah. Fair enough. For me, Beamish is a bit too kind of flavoursome. Like, it's it's a, it's a bit overpowering for me. It's quite a smoky taste off of it. I, I am a big fan of Murphy's. Mm-hmm. And I was only down in... So they say West Cork is the best place to get a pint of Murphy's. And the Cork City Centre is... I could be wrong on this, but this is what I've been told. Cork City Centre is more Beamish. Um, and I was out in a pub. It was the most southerly pub in Ireland. It was in kind of west, southwest Cork and had a pint of Murphy's there and a pint of Guinness at the same time. And it was the first time that I ever thought, like, you know, if, if Guinness disappeared off the face of the earth, I'd just become the Murphy's guru. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you're going to stick with the alliteration, it'd have to be Murphy's master, wouldn't it, I suppose? Murphy's uh, master, yeah, that's be- a lot better. Beamish bastard. Um, possibly <laughs> this is so I many mean, bad Cam- names like, Camden, don't get me started Camden have just <laughs> launched the style Camden Cam- no we won't go there fucking edit I haven't been working on that joke for a while at all <laughs> too far Paddy <laughs> brilliant we are well over time I'm afraid uh, but um, what well, are you yeah. sorry he's where's, your, where's your favourite pint of Guinness in London yeah. what, where's your favourite pint of Guinness in London in London ever ever it, yeah in London, yes. Um, I would, I give you three. I go. Oh. There's the there's the Guinea Grill in Mayfair. Mm-hmm. It's a great point, but it costs you an arm and a leg to <laughs> drink there. <laughs> um, there's the El Shillelagh in North London, like Stoke Newington or whatever. Okay. That's a good spot. But my, I would have to say my favourite because it's such a great pub and it's run by this kind of old lad from Donegal and he, he's he's proper and it's just a real normal pub and with a great point of Guinness. The um, Jesus, am I forgetting the name right here? Right <laughs> right here. I'm going to go the Coach and Horses in Bow Street. No, that's. Oh, it's not even on the list. <laughs> oh, God, I forgot oh, that one. That was, no, that's a good. Oh, oh I love that one. Jesus Christ. <laughs> The Sheep Haven Bay. Thank God I remember. Where's that? Sheep Haven Bay. Where's the Sheep Haven Bay? Sheep Haven Bay in Camden Town. Really? Uh, Camden? Yep. I don't even know this pub. We're going to have to check that out. We're going to have to check that out. Brilliant. Well, Darrell, thank you very much for your your time and and your thoughts on Guinness Out. Much appreciated, sir. We are at the end of this episode of the podcast, having taken a gallop through the world of Guinness, mainly just to stop Heath Moley about it. Um, I mean, we have now, we're going to move to a, a blind because He's going to put his money where his mouth is. We have actually blindfolded can, Heath. Can I just say I for the record, I never, I never said, for the record, I can blind test Guinness against any other beer. I never said this. Well, I, it's, it's, it's I'm not, just, I, you know what I mean? I mean I'm not stop. a Guinness savant. You, you said you were, you, I mean, you're the one that pushed for this. So I didn't push for a blind tasting. You, you wanted pushed the, for a Guinness, you podcast. Wanted a Guinness podcast. So this is punishment to so make me look is, like a fool when I when I choose. If, if, like, listen, if I choose Brewdog's beer yep. over Guinness, shoot me in the head 
Brilliant. We haven't got brew dog. That's a shame. We should oh, have done that. Actually, mate. Yeah. We should just told uh, him we did. Well, you should have done actually. Uh, right. Well, we do have a mystery on. He doesn't know which it is. Uh, right. We're going to start with the first one. It's in front of you, Heath. If you would like to uh, taste that and uh, stop putting your finger in it, that's don't just split it, Don't split it down yourself. I didn't smell down. as well. Don't. I mean, if you can see it, you're not supposed to be able to see it. So I can't see it. I'm smelling it, but it's got it, it's got a really high. It's got a quite a high ABV. It's quite. It's quite sweet on the nose. Okay. Uh, it's quite. That that's that's like a strong stout. Oh, it's because you have to do that noise. <laughs> that was disgusting. Right. You've so, worse. I need some water, though. Is that the Guinness? Here you go. I'll do you some water. There's nothing in there. That's not Guinness. There's nothing empty, in there. It's an empty glass that you're trying to drink it. <laughs> right, so you're ruling that out as a Guinness. Yeah. Very good. It was actually the Belhaven Black Scottish Stout. What's um, the ABV on that? Not it's high. It's so really you got sweet. that wrong. It's only 4.2%. Okay. See, like on the nose, it sells really sweet. You know, we get really yeah. sweet stouts, and they just because they, they yeah. boost the, the sugars up to get a high ABV. There's right. Water to your left. I mean, this yeah. is amazing. It's oh, stop it. <laughs> Such a dick. Right, next one is yep. in front of you. <sighs> oh. I mean, we could have put something really foul in front of him and he'd have yeah. just drunk it, wouldn't we? Uh, Paolo, if you could just get something really disgusting. Okay. <laughs> wow. Wow. That's got a lot of flavour. Okay. Oh, Jesus. That's not Guinness. That's not Guinness. That's quite strong. Okay. You're right. That is actually the uh, Stout Cellar from Unbarred Imperial Stout. Well, I like that. One. That's, that's a monster. That's about 10%, isn't it? It is 10%. Yeah, yeah. I, like, I do... Um, Dab gives me some of that sometimes. I do like that. Okay. okay. Right. Refresh your palate with some... Uh, some oh, <laughs> God's sake. Listen. <laughs> Frighteningly. Right. Okay, next one. The silence. Oh, interesting. Oh, oh sad. <laughs> so I mean, vile. take your time, Heath. I mean, it's it's not Guinness, right? Okay, it's. Oof, I'm not. Sh- no, it's not. Okay, it's not Guinness. Okay, next one. Do you want to refresh your palate? No, don't do it because I know what you're going to do. <laughs> Here we go. Oh, interesting. Hold on. Give me the other one. <laughs> right. He's tasting, but I mean, you could be doing a running commentary here, Nicky. Uh, <laughs> Let's drown, get the first, drown the out first the one's Guinness. The first one's Guinness. Yeah. Okay, what's yeah. the second one? I don't know. You don't know? No. Okay. Shall I do the big reveal? Yep. So the first one, mm-hmm. or the one you said isn't Guinness, the second one, sorry, just there, that is Guinness. This one? Yeah. Oh, man, because um, I went back on that. Uh, that the, but the other one. Is Guinness. Is also Guinness, oh, okay. but Guinness original from a bottle. Okay. So we... Because uh, I went to that one. You need to put your headphones on. So <laughs> I, I went to, I went to the first one you gave me. And is it, is it cake? Yes. Okay. No, no, so, sorry. The first one. No, that's from the bottle. The second one was the draft. Okay. Because I went to that one. I went, okay. Because I always think, you know, like when you close your eyes and you drink Guinness, it is not thick as you think. So I went, I went to that one. And I went, mm, hold on. Then I had that. And that's really nice. So is that from the bottle? 
So no, that's your draft. That's your draft one. Mm. But the one you said wasn't Guinness is the draft one. The one you went, went back, back to, to that said one. the Guinness is the original. Question that is the yourself. original Guinness. So, uh, and that is. Oh, like that. What's the ABV on that? Four point two. That's not bad out of a bottle, is it? I don't know. We didn't try it, so I, try it. I think we should. We should. Hey, listen, but it, just so. for the record, look at that. That's what happens when you drink Guinness fast, Ed. Mm-hmm. Get lazy. <laughs> <laughs> I've been asked for that, really, didn't I? Yeah. In, in my defence, <laughs> I haven't had a drink since Thursday. <laughs> Tuesday. Thursday, and today's Monday. That's that's a fucking record. For you? It's only because you're ill. Yeah, I know, but that's quite... For do you know what I mean? Like, well done. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, have I lost weight? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, God, I feel, sure. I feel a new man. <laughs> um, that's <laughs> interesting, got a whole new so, but, but like, Do you think that's why he was a bit happier when we first came in? Because... No. I was going on temperature as well. I was trying to work it out on temperature. So you were cheating, basically? I was... I was I mean, they've stuff. both been in the but fridge. But they're both, both, like, what, you put the, you poured it and put it in the fridge? Mm-mm. Okay. No, that was straight off the tap, this, this has been in the fridge. It tastes good, that Guinness. <laughs> but I really like it, because I, I went back to this one, because you know what, it, it, it had all the characteristics I was expecting from Guinness. Well, that's what I was wondering whether I you'd knocked, be able to pick knocked, up on it. I knocked it away the first time, because I went, nah, it's too thin. Mm. Then I went to that, and I went, hold on, I'm picking up more the original the original flavours were like the ones I could really associate but with the Guinness. texture was slightly yeah. thinner thinner yeah it, it definitely like if you look at the look at it it's it looks thinner mm-hmm. oh well so there not, you go. not a bad result no not a bad result I mean I'm slightly gutted we didn't get any of, of the brewdog or Camden just to uh, totally because if you had picked that that would have been I will say my, my, my house poor Guinness is uh, on draft it's alright isn't it it's, it's pretty good uh, yeah, look at it, I mean, like it the lacing's not if you if you look Kareen Parlo. <laughs> Anyone. Anybody, I pay, anybody I pay money to work here. Kareen. Kareen. Could you do me a favour? Pour me a pint of Guinness, please. Yeah, like uh, a pint. You've got a taste for it now. Podcast. I'm, I'm going to do news. something. I'm going to show Ed, and I'm not, I'm, I'm not supposed to be drinking, but I'm going to show Ed how to <laughs> so drink you're a gonna pint get of Guinness. Now. It's going to make that sacrifice. I'm going to drink a pint of Guinness and a few gulps, and I'm going to show you lacing that you keep on complaining today <laughs> that you don't get. It's because you drink so slowly. So I'm going to have one pint of Guinness, the only one pint of Guinness I'm going to have today, and I'm going to drink it properly. You don't need to justify um, yourself to us. We don't care how much I was going to say, it's 18 pints. My wife turns up from the holiday, and all these bottles. I just lined up. Ed made me do it. Kids are running riot. You're cast out. So apart from his inability to pour a decent pint of Guinness, what have we learned today? Would we say quality? And I think if you're gonna like, I think any operators out there, it's quality, and you've got to really look after the product. Yeah. You got to get your temperature right. You got to keep your glasses clean. You got to clean your lines for stability. You've just got to like. It's it's like you really got to look after it because it's so temperamental. But I mean, this is this is, this conversation just reminds me of Casper. And I it's was a similar about sort of thing. Beer, yeah. This yeah. whole time, yeah. people do such a bad job on cast mm. beer. It, it mean, it's but yet they keep it over. They sell it past yeah. their sell by date. At least with Guinness, you've got a keg product yeah. that is temperamental. Yeah. Because like I said, it's the first you've beer more, I can tell. More of a window on it. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. When I walk in a pub and somebody pours a pint, you can tell if they've cleaned their lines, mm. and you can just look at the way the beer's pouring, the way it's reacting. Um, well, both the similar thing about cars. It's not similar, but it should be perhaps. Is that like Dara? Was it Dara was saying when you're 18? you work in the pub they, the first thing they do is teach you how to pint how pour. to do Guinness yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so surely as, as Guinness is like you said earlier like you know a lot to do with, with Ireland and all the heritage there why aren't we doing the same we've got, thing but we've got, they've got quality teams out like in terms of Guinness Guinness mm-hmm. have their quality team that comes around you, no matter who supplies your beer Guinness look after their own kit mm. and they come around they check your temperatures they do all that so I think you know all right, here, here is your pint of Guinness she's brought the card machine for you to pay for it as well so. <laughs> <laughs> 
Fucking hell. Right. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm just going to let it settle. Okay. It's I mean, she's pulled out better than the one you pulled for me, to be fair. Like, and it's uh, domed nicely on the top. Yeah, but the head's not, not quite done. as good, Ed, I think. I did a risk assessment on you, <laughs> and you've either got Parkinson's or you've got the shakes. So I looked at you and I thought, there's no way I'm going to give a dome to this guy. No, no, no. That's because you made me laugh so much that my oh, hand was shaking yeah, up and down. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we know so, that's not true. Oh, he's drinking. He's drinking. He's still... No, it should be a bit... Oh, no, it's about right, yeah. They play that game where you've got to get to the things. Yeah, look, yeah, look, so look, look at the, the lacing. You've split the G, so to speak. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love it. He's slowing down now. He's not taking as much now. That was just it's like when you go to Best Country. Have you been to Best Country? No. They drink cider and they drink it really quick. So you pour yourself a little bit, you aerate it a bit, and you just neck it like a shot. And you, that's how you drink the cider. Mm. So you're saying dangerous. that's how we should drink Guinness? No, we should drink it a bit faster. You drink so slow, weird. Like, you drink like it's your round. <laughs> so, come on then. Oh, here we go. Oh. I should have timed you, shouldn't I? This, has got, this is less than a minute. It's not a race. I'm just trying to... Sh- <laughs> it's not a race. It's not a race. I'm just trying to show <laughs> you... I drink too slowly. <laughs> I'm just trying to show you that, right? Well, you see that? Yeah. The lacing. Yeah. <clears throat> we need a picture of the lacing. Is it well, lacing or is it just kind of stained around like, the edges? It just... Right? Yeah. Right. So yeah. you need to drink properly. You I'm are sick and tired are you looking of carrying for an apo- you when we go are you, out. Are you looking for an apology? Yeah, I'd like an apology. You set me, you slaked me off in front of the Guinness guy and the and the uh, two Guinness, Guinness guru and the Guinness quality control guy. You go, look at his beer, he doesn't pour a proper beer. I'm so funny. <laughs> it's not I mean it's that struck a nerve here. This yeah, is the, uh, he's wrapped up about it. Like he's he's finished his Guinness. That's now. two minutes, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Right, should we go out and get messed up? <laughs> <laughs> the kids will be all right by themselves. Fine. Even with the dogs. I'll just, be all just right. tie some food around the dog's neck. <laughs> right, I think we're probably going to draw a line under that there um, before he falls over. I feel amazing. Yeah, he's, he's on the floor. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that multiple pints of Guinness and the medication you're taking uh, probably isn't a good Yeah, there's a good combination there. <laughs> Right, uh, that is it for this episode of the podcast. Um, we will be back shortly with more pub-related fun, um, but obviously not about Guinness. I think Heath might have to take a little bit of a break. Until uh, then, please do like, share, comment on the podcast. Uh, we will be back soon. See you then. Mm-hmm.